Okay, so we are going to get started again. As you know, Pastor Kevin is not here, but we have a very, very special guest with us. We have Dr. Alex Karumanchi from India, and he's going to be sharing with us um, about the orphanage and all that we're doing in India. So take it away, Alex. Thank you, Shirley. All right. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Elevate. I'm very excited to be here. Are you excited? Yes. yes. <laughs> um, how was your Thanksgiving? Was it good? Yes. A lot of food. <laughs> yeah, I had a, my second Thanksgiving here. So <laughs> it was like, wow, it's so fun. It's like, it's like a Hindu festival, you know? <laughs> You invite your friends, you know, Hindu friends, and you, you know, feed them with a lot of food. And I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I got like four or five days off. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. But anyways, um, Pastor Kevin is out of town. And uh, I feel this is an honor and opportunity for me to talk about India and what we're going to, what we are doing actually in India to reach... Um, India, because the Bible says, go ye and preach the gospel to what? To all the world, to every creature, right? So I'm very glad, and it's, it's such an amazing opportunity that I, how I got connected. So I'm going to talk about how I got here and uh, what we are doing in India and how it's going to bless uh, different parts of India. So I want to welcome you and... Uh, as you know, Indians say hello as namaste. Have you ever heard of that word? Yes. Probably in yoga? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but we use that every, <laughs> every on, on and off. We don't just use that in yoga. We, we say namaste to every like, official greetings or, you know. But we don't use that for teachers, though. But we just say 
a formal greeting. Namaste, so I just want to say namaste. But uh, uh, I speak uh, Telugu, which is my mother, mother language. So we say, Vandanamulu. Can you say that? Vandanamulu. Yeah, that's, that means greetings and Christian greetings. So if you're in my town in India, you have to say it like repeatedly, like, Vandanamulu. <laughs> I want to hear you guys saying, Vandanamulu. Yeah, Vandanamulu. So it also means, praise the Lord. It also means, hey, how, you know, how is everything? Or we can also use that for thank you. Um, all right. So I was watching a post. Uh, we have 30 more days for this uh, month. I was watching a post yesterday on Facebook about, uh, about Christmas. We have, uh, in Luke, we have 24 chapters. So if we start a chapter a day from now, it's going to take... 24 days, and uh, we can know the whole life of Jesus by Christmas. I was like, wow, that's so cool. You know, maybe I can talk, you know, to share this fact for, uh, for Christmas, you know, on this day. And uh, next slide, please. Next slide. Yeah. All right. So as as a as a Christian in uh, in India, I was surrounded with a lot of different friends. You know, I go, I go to my classroom every day. You know, in my high school, and I see all of my friends with all these different religion. You know, I I, I was like there are like only uh, two or three Christians in my class uh, out of like forty children in one classroom. So you can imagine, like, how many friends I was surrounded with, uh, but they are just uh, not Christians, you know. So I was like, okay. Uh, I used to go every day, and I would ask about him, like, okay, what do you, what do you guys believe? You know, I, I believe in Jesus Christ. What do you guys believe? And I used to, you know, ask more about them, more about God. And I used to go to Islamic friends, and I used to, you know, ask about God, like, uh, how, did, how do you guys have, you know, if you do a sin, how do you guys have a forgiveness? You know, just stuff like that. It was so interesting, but uh, uh, by the time I go back, you know, have you ever seen Indians with the, with the bangles and you know, with all the knots, you know? So I used to practice that when I was at high school. Uh, a lot of these uh, Hindu friends, they would tie me all over my hand, you know, make, making sure that I... I'm really following Hinduism because they really respect me when I, you know, <laughs> uh, practice Hinduism. So I used to have all these knots, but I have to make sure, I have to remove all of those before I go to my house. Because if my dad see those, no, Indian parents are totally strict. They're going to say, oh yeah, so you know better than us, so you want to practice Hinduism. So I made sure every single day that my hand is empty. And uh, I was like very protected, you know, over my my, my family. So that's what I did. And uh, I used to tell that India, the word India is in the Bible. So uh, if you look into Esther chapter one verse one, uh, there is the word India. And I used to tell them, dude, uh, the word India is in the Bible. So 
It's amazing. And it is written two times in the Bible. And even in Esther chapter 8 verse 9, it talks about India. And I'm like, wow, this is so awesome. You know, back, I mean, Bible is written like centuries ago. Right? So I was like, man, this is so awesome that our India, our country, is written in the, in the Bible. And then we have miracles and all of this stuff. So I tried to you know, talk about God. And uh, it was like a ride for me. But most of the Hindus, they, they did not care. Because in India, we have uh, a system called caste system. Right? Have you ever heard of a caste system in India? Yeah? Yeah. So... In India, so as I, like I said, we have uh, 27 to 3% of Christianity, and which is mostly all over populated majority is Hindus and Islam. So I was, I was such, it was such a blessing. And uh, guess what? Um, my grand, uh, grandma, who is a Christian woman, uh, married to a Hindu guy, and just because of that, he was converted into Christianity. And then all of us, you know, they had 10 children. And all of them are Christians. <laughs> so I was like, wow, that, that is so great, man. You know, one woman, one just single lady, you know, talked about Jesus to, to his husband. And then all of us, you know, became Christians. And, you know, we can imagine. But in India... Uh, even these days, they, are tre- they, they treat children like, especially girls, they treat the girls as a, not, a, you know, not a blessing because in India, they have this system called arranged marriages. Have you heard of that, arranged marriages? Yeah. yeah. So I, I cannot fall in love with a girl easily. <laughs> I have to hold my emotions and I have to say, no, I cannot fall in love because my parents choose a wife for me. So when they do that, so if I'm a girl, I have to pay a gift for that husband. We call it as dowry. So in India, it's, it's, uh, they, they feel it's like, oh, if I have a girl child, it's not a, you know, a blessing for us because we have to pay the money. And also she's not going to carry our family name, right? So why? She's not going to live with us. So they have this uh, weird feelings about a girl, child. And, uh, but look at my family. One girl changed all of our generations. And I'm like, no, every child is important. Everybody in the family is connected in our families. You know? So that's why I'm like, you know, even in our uh, orphanages, we have uh, uh, a lot of girls. And we, we talk about it. And, uh, you know, teach them about uh, identity and how we can uh, proceed into the world with the prophetic word. So, before my grandpa converted into Christianity, we were... Uh, next slide, please. So, you can see this is a caste system. So, before we, uh, my grandpa converted into Christianity, we were about uh, the second level of Christian. I mean, Hinduism. So, this is the caste we were belonging to before we got converted into Christianity. Uh, we, we were like rulers, administrators, and warriors. Because my last name is, uh, is like a powerful last name in India. So, whenever they see my, my name, 
with my last name, they're like, what? You have a very cool last name. You know, you're a, you are a warrior, man. But why your name sounds Alexander? Th- you know, that doesn't make sense because you are the greatest uh, in the Hinduism. But when, I, when my parents and when my grandparents converted into Christianity, we fall into this, uh, this caste. Are you guys seeing this? Dalits? So that means we, are, we belong to a backward caste. So we know more warriors. We are treated more like uh, untouchables. And they, they treat us like very badly. And they're like, oh, if you had a you know, Hindu caste that is more like a powerful caste in India, but as you're converted into Christianity... You're no more a supreme power. You don't have any you know, power to get into these uh, government centers or to get into a good job. You don't have that power. So we belong to these untouchables. And then ever since after that, we had to you know, work uh, so hard. And the opportunities we get as Christians is very hard in India. So if we get into the next slide, that's... Uh, yeah. You see this picture? Uh, if you remember, uh, Thomas, one of the disciples of Jesus Christ, came down all the way to India, to the south part of India, preaching the gospel to all the castes. Look at this. Uh, to Tamil Nadu, which is like the south part of India. And then he preached to all of those upper caste Brahmins and Kshatriyas and all those castes. And then, but Hindus say, no, Christianity is something that came with the British rule from 1857 to 1947. No, it's not. Christianity came when Jesus Christ was here on this earth. Because one of the disciples came all the way from there, from Israel to, to South India, man. It's not just new. And they don't want to... I accept that fact because they want to say that, no, it's a foreign religion. It's, it's totally against. You are doing something totally against with the mother India. I'm like, no, we're not doing against mother India. It's been since when Jesus Christ was here. Don't, don't call it as a, uh, as a Christianity, as a European religion. No, it's not. Because they, they try to create these against Christians because to start... Um, a persecution, you know, they want to drag this fact and say, you, you are born Indian or a Hindu, but you have chosen a European religion, you know, and then you're trying to get against these Christians and Hindus in India. I'm like, no, that's, that's not a fact. And then we also have a, a Catholic uh, influence in India, uh, which is uh, the major in the Christians group. So Catholicism, goes major, and also Protestants uh, after that Catholicism. So if somebody say that if Christ, Christ, uh, Christianity is a uh, European religion, no, it's not. We've been having Christianity ever since Jesus Christ was here on this earth. And then if we go to the next slide, so they take these little facts about uh, Christianity they say it's a European religion. It's totally different, you know, uh, belief systems 
other than Hinduism. So they try to take all these facts and they try to go against Christianity. So the persecution is still happening in India. It's not, it's not the same. So if you see this, uh, this man with his family, he was in India in 1999. He's an Australian missionary that came to India. And then uh, they said, they watched him for a good amount of time. What is he doing in India? And uh, they said, uh, they, they, feel, they felt like this Christian missionary trying to convert a lot of Indian Hindus into Christianity. So they have been planning, okay, what are the steps that we can do uh, to kill this man, or you know, that way we can stop the conversions into uh, Christianity. So he was uh, in 1999. The Graham Stains. He was in the uh, northern part of the India, and he finished uh, his gospel, and then he was staying with his sons, two sons, in uh, in this jeep. Can you can you guys see this jeep, this vehicle? So in the early in the morning. So he finished his, uh, the preaching and everything. So he was with his sons and uh, early in the morning. So there were like 50 group of people that came silently, sneaking in. And then they tried to, you know, light the car, the, the jeep. And then those, those missionaries were born alive. I mean, they were, they were like, they, were, they got killed. And then... They tried to make uh, allegations against uh, Hindus. They tried to find the guy who made that, who, you know, who tried to kill that guy, but they could not find. Even though they found that guy, you know, they just gave him a life imprisonment. Nothing more other than that. So you can see, as the technology is increasing, we still have this persecution also being increased. So I was thinking when I was a kid, um, maybe, you know, when we have, uh, when we grow in our uh, technology, I was thinking everybody would understand, and everybody has a way to understand who God is, and I felt like persecution is going to decrease. But no, it's not happening in India. It's increasing day by day. So it's more like, you know, a religious spirit that is happening in different parts of India. And... um, I want to say, um, we are praying every single day. Because whatever the natural circumstances we see in our lives, there's always a spiritual warfare happening in the background. Can you agree with me that? Yeah. So there is a spiritual backup with whatever the tragedy that we have in our lives. So I feel, I believe, I just don't feel, I believe that there is, there are some spiritual Battles that are happening, warfare that is happening under every, you know, Hinduism or persecution. So we are breaking them down in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So we want to see, we are praying, we are praying every single day just to break those wars, you know, warfares in in the spiritual world. So how many of you believe that, I mean, remember the scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. It says, for we wrestle not... Against the flesh and blood, but against what? Yes, against the spiritual wickedness, against the 
you know, powers, the rulers. Amen. So when we speak those things, when we speak to those uh, spiritual warfare in the spiritual realm, we see the result in the natural realm. Hallelujah. That's what I see. So when, when Pastor Kevin does this inner healing, he goes, you know, he invites the Holy Spirit. And then he talks into the spiritual realm. Okay, invite the Holy Spirit. What is happening? Okay, so Holy Spirit is going to give all the things. He's going to answer. So he's doing a lot of work in the spiritual warfare. And then when the inner healing is done, they'll be like, wow, I feel such a change. Yeah. In natural, we feel such a change because we, there was a lot of <laughs> spiritual battle happening. So let me share this story. I was with Pastor Kevin one day. We uh, trying to move the house and things like that. So I was in the house and... Uh, he said, Alex, do you have time? Let's do the inner healing. And I'm like, oh, okay. That was my last year. It was last year. I was like, oh, okay. Because I was very new. I didn't know the whole inner healing. And I was like, oh, if you're seeing the stuff, you know what? I'm a medical student. You're not supposed to see that stuff. If you're seeing that stuff, you better go take this drug, man. And I'm like, <laughs> it's like... <laughs> You're hearing stuff? Really? Oh, what's going on? Well, so he invited me to his house, and we are having this uh, inner healing session. And uh, I totally see. He said, Alex, the first impression and first word you see, everything is so real. I can see them. I, I can see that happening. And he broke all of those things in the spiritual warfare. And then by the end of the session... I had such a great feeling in the natural world. Like, man, this is so good. Pastor, I feel such a peace and calm. I feel like I hear the, the waters flowing through my ears. And guess what? I've been having a, a feeling of my heart, you know, has an arrhythmia. But I don't have it anymore. I don't have it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like... How did you do that? How did you do that? Pastor, I feel so good. I used to have my, my hands, you know, wet. And I used to have this uh, irregular beat. And I'm like, I used to ask my, uh, my professors in the me- medical university. They're like, oh, did you sleep well last night? Oh, yeah. But I have this same irregular heartbeat the next day. But it happened for a long time. I did not find the answer. But guess what happened when pastor prayed in the spiritual realm? He spoke. He took the root out of the problem, which we doctors don't do. If you have a headache, you take the drug. They don't ask you, oh, what happened? You know, like, what is the cause? You know? So I, I have this illustration in, uh, when I was studying. So... We have a car, right? So we are running out of the gas. Have you guys noticed there's that a light that blinks when, you, when you're running out of gas? Right? <laughs> so what doctors do is they try to fix the light. Like, oh, this is, you know, blinking, man. So how do I fix the light? But what is the main problem? You're running out of the gas. So if you fix the gas... You don't have the light anymore. 
Well, what we do is, oh, you, you have a light problem? Okay, let me fix that. And then maybe I have to break this glass, you know, get me some more stuff. I had a lot of questions that, that were not answered when I was in med school. They're like, why, why is this happening, doctor? They're like, oh, no, don't worry about that. Just, you know, just give these drugs, he'll be fine. I'm like, how? <laughs> so I was, it was such a great blessing for me to understand, man, this spiritual stuff is so real, so good. It is so alive. I'm, you know, at the beginning I was like, no, I can't believe this spiritual stuff. But slowly when I got like, you know, healing from my irregular heartbeat, I was like, this is so good. You know, why, why can't we use, you know, I feel like uh, the, as we believers can do a lot more greater than the things can, you know, that doctors ever can do. Like we have that power. We have that, you know, connection of the Holy Spirit um, inside of us. So. Every day we are praying the same way towards India. We are breaking all of those uh, religious spirits that are happening and taking place in India. So we break into that spiritual warfare and speaking life into, into those uh, religious spirits. But one day, even though the persecution is more, we're going to see the love of Jesus in every Indian. Hallelujah. I believe that. Amen. Next slide, please. Yeah. So this is uh, the recent news on India. They want to... He is my Prime Minister Modi. Prime Minister what? Prime Minister Modi. Uh, he's, uh, he's a great leader. He's a Prime Minister. So we have presidents, but we ha- the Prime Minister has more power than the President of India. So maybe you would see this guy on the news whenever representing India. So this guy's goal in India is to eradicate Christianity by 2025. We have the right to religious, you know, freedom that we can follow any kind of religion we want, but uh, they are planning so hard against Christians to take, you know, whatever the rules they are, uh, you know, having. We, we feel the persecution. I'm so glad that my dad is a lawyer, so he can take everything legally. You can't just say that we cannot follow religion, you know. Um, so we are praying against uh, all of that uh, persecution that is still growing in India. So if you guys have time, please uh, pray for those uh, spiritual warfare as well. Because God is so real, man. He's, he's just with us. Hallelujah. Amen. So, please remember him. His name is uh, Prime Minister Modi. Um, I was talking with, uh, with Paul uh, and Amal- Amalek uh, from our church. He's from Australia, right? You remember this guy? So, he, uh, he was a- actually asking me last week, Alex, uh, I heard that my friend from Australia, he went to India. And guess what happened? Uh, they actually checked his phones and iPads and everything, making sure that this guy is not, you know, preaching in India. So they checked his bags, they checked his everything, you know, belongings, making sure that this guy doesn't preach. So they checked at the customs of India, you know, when arrived in India, and also they checked him, all his bags, even the phones, like 
mobile phones, really. So they checked all his mobile phones, all his bags, making sure this guy, this pastor, will never preach in India. So basically, so, so pastor felt that thing, so he uploaded all the pictures and all the work that he did in India into the iCloud. <laughs> you know, so who's going to check into the iCloud? So... <laughs> So I was like, he was asking me, is this real? Is this real? Yeah, I said, yeah, this is so real. This is happening. They are really, you know, working against Christians in India to stop it at any cost. But we are also praying to those spirits to stop at any cost. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Next slide, please. So... Um, my dad wanted me to be uh, the medical missionary uh, because uh, I can w- serve the Lord more as a minister. Because, like I said, we belong to this, uh, the caste system, the untouchable caste system. So the caste system is so uh, solid that if you, go treat, if you want to treat a patient and if he is from uh, another caste, they'll be like, um, nah. How about, you know, go, to, go visit that doctor, you know? And my dad saw that. My dad, uh, he has been dealing with those cases. So he told me, Alex, why don't you become a doctor? Well, I've been having this great idea in my life to become a computer science engineer. I've been planning, you know, I, I want to create an app. You know, I'm going to speak bef- before the people. It's going to be awesome. You know, my dad didn't tell me when I was a kid. He told me when I'm done with my high school and about to go into the computer science, he's like, why don't you become a doctor? And I'm like, <laughs> I said, okay. I did, not, I did not tell him, I don't want to be a doctor. You know, I want to be, you know, a computer science engineer. But he said, go with that. You know, you, be, you become a doctor and then help the poor. You know, you be a medical missionary to serve, you know, all the cats. And I said, okay. I just said, okay. Even though, but it, it has a great, greater plans. So I took the biology when I'm done with my uh, high school and uh, I wrote my medical entrance exam and uh, they said, Alex, you can't study medical school in India you need to, you know, apply for like another four times because the seats, you know, the competition is so, mo- so high, you cannot get into the school, buddy. But I'm like, that's not fair. That's not fair. My friend got the same score as I did. And why, 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 why can't he get the, the seat into the med school? Why cannot I get? He's like, no, no, no. It's, it's, you know, the funny thing is we have to write my religion in my caste system on the application before, you know, I get into the med school. So they'll really look at us and they're like, oh, Christian, lower caste, all right, let's stop him, you know. <laughs> it's, they, they would just stop it. So I was like, oh, no. Now I, I studied biology for two, two years and I cannot go back again to study computer science. I had to figure that stuff out. So... One of the uh, consultancies, they said, Alex, you got a good score. You know, why can't you study outside? They have a scholarship because you got a good score. You you can study there. Uh, You can still fulfill your dream. And I'm like, okay. So 
I got, I got to China. I got, I got to China and uh, to study my medical school because it's almost the same uh, curriculum we have in India. So I said, okay, I want to go study there. And uh, China is, is China. I thought India is only most, mostly persecuted nation on earth. But when I go to China, it was even more. So I went to China, and um, <clears throat> on the break, my first day, like, I think it's the first week, during the interval of my class, I saw all of these Chinese people, like, you look at them. I mean, duh, I mean, there's China, so you have, uh, you know, <laughs> world's most populous country in the world is China. So I saw all of these Chinese, like, floating, and I'm like, Wow. So I started making friends and I, I try to like tell them, man, this is so cool, you know. Um, do you know Jesus? And they're like, what? I asked, I asked them, do you know Jesus Christ? Um, we can preach, you know, we can do this stuff because this is such an opportunity for us because you see all of these Chinese, you know, we can, you know, talk to them about Jesus. You know, are you Christian by any chance? They're like, what Christian? What is that? And I'm like, you don't know who Jesus is? Like, no. And I felt so bad. I'm like, man, my dad is a lawyer and he's a pastor too. So I have to do something for this nation in China. So what I did was I went to my room. I copied all the, uh, you know, I made this uh, sinner's prayer, you know. And then I wrote some a uh, couple of Bible verses, and then I translated them into Chinese, and then I started printing them, and I started, you know, I went to the the rush hour area, and I got, you know, I folded them into gospel tracts, and I started giving to all the people, and I'm like, so, this is so fun. That's what I did when I was a kid, giving to the, all the gospel tracts. I was like, okay, this is fun, and I'm like. Please contact me. This is my number. You know, feel free. You know, <laughs> don't hesitate. I'm always here. <laughs> so I got a call. Expected, right? <laughs> I got a call. That guy barely speaks English. But I understood that. You know, he's like, oh, is this Alex? And I'm like, yeah, I'm Alex. How can I help you? You know, how, do you want to know more about God? You're like, no, no. We are, we, we, are, we are the, the government officials. You cannot do that in China. This is the last warning. We can, yeah, we can arrest you right now, but we want to give you the last warning. If you do that again, you're going to jail. And I was like, what? So I began to like... I had a great repentance. I was like, I was crying. I was like, man, this is not good. I thought India was the bad, but this is worse. I mean, so I had to change my route. I felt so bad. I mean, in here, I saw, I mean, I, we have so much freedom here, right? We can carry Bibles and, you know, no matter what, big, you know, big or small. And they, they also gave me the warning that I cannot carry my Bible either. Can I carry my Bible either? So ever since after that, 
I still, I still want to talk about God. And guess what I did? I started meditating the verses. I don't have to carry my Bible. Right? So I would go and say, um, you know what? Psalms chapter 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want to make it to me to lie down green pastures. And you know, all of that verses, they just flow. And I would tell them, but the government cannot steal what is in my mind and my spirit. Right? So, I, 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 used to, um, I keep my phone, alright? Just like that. And I would start meditating. Oh yeah. So... He saw the disciples and then the, and they were on the mountain. And then he started preaching. Blessed is the man, you know, something like that. I started preaching. I started doing that because make sure they don't find me that I'm meditating the Bible verses. Because they just tell me that, oh, the guy is speaking in phone. Like, he's speaking on phone. So there's... There's no problem. But I, what I did was, I was actually meditating and exercising the verses every single time. That was so fun, man. <laughs> because nobody, if I, if I just, you know, without my phone, if I was just talking to myself, on, you know, I'd be like, oh, what's going on with this guy? <laughs> so, but if I had my phone, it gave me such an encouragement, you know, to work on the Word of God and uh, just preach, man. It was so good. So... What I did was, I'm not doing publicly, but whatever God has put inside of me, I did that. And next slide, next slide, please. Yeah, you can see that, right? I was distributing the gospel tracts in China. Look at this woman there. She's like, oh, what, what this Indian guy is doing? Uh, and then I used to go in public stores and tell them about Bible and uh, this is me as an English teacher because they told me, Alex, you don't sound like Indian, man. Can you teach children? I'm like, really? Can I do that? And they said, yeah, you can teach uh, the Chinese kids. And I was like, oh, that sounds so cool. So I started uh, uh, teaching English to those uh, little children. But I made sure everybody knows Psalms chapter 23. <laughs> As a teacher, they have to know Psalms chapter 23. They see these wonderful animations, man. They see this David coming. And they're like, just look at that. Because they say to their parents, wherever they say, I'm not telling as like, like representing religion. But I would tell them, this is a wonderful story. You know, they have this staff. You know, he, he can go. He's not afraid of that because he has God. You know, they're like, wow, this is so cool. So they started doing that, which I'm, I was like such a great blessing, I, you know. And um, this is uh, me in the underground church. Have you guys heard about underground churches in China? So I was thinking underground church is somewhere under the ground. But that's not true. So one of my friends, she invited me for the underground church. I was like, okay, let's go. So she took me to these beautiful big ap apartments. You know, I was like, wow, maybe I have, I'll be having a dinner now, and then we go to the underground churches. <laughs> right? So <laughs> I went to these beautiful apartments, and then I was, you know, she opened the door. We have hall, but she, she opened another door. 
where they had this beautiful cross. See the cross? And they have these, uh, the carpets and everything, which is like a 27th floor in the apartment. So she told me, that is the underground church. So which basically means it is an undercover church, but th- that is the underground church. So I said, I talked about God, and I said, we have the same God, no matter you are Chinese, Indian. They're like, what? Does, does Jesus know uh, English? And I'm like, yeah, Jesus does speak English. You know, because they have these weird questions. But uh, it, was, it went well, but I was making sure that I, I did not get you know, into the, the government. And even on the phones, we cannot type Jesus when you, when you guys are in China. You cannot do that. If you type that, the government going to catch you. Okay, this guy is trying to, you know, talk about religion. So we have these apps that always monitor us. We cannot use Google. All the Christian websites are blocked in China. If you buy a Bible, forget. You're going to, you know. So it was like totally hard. But I never left God. Amen. So I know that I was in the process. I know I was in the process. I know I was being persecuted, but I never left God. And then I started doing whatever God let me do. And then eventually, that's the time that I have to baptize. So next slide, please. See, look at that. Finally. So I was there, and I talked, you know, Whatever is in my mind, all the Bible verses, I go to my friends and I tell them, do you want to learn English? They're like, yeah. All right. Let's go with Psalms chapter 23. (laughs) Do you want to know the meaning of meditate? You know what it means? Repeating the verses all the time. So I used to play this word games and they're like they will ask me how can I know this God more <laughs> I, I didn't preach but I planted a seed but eventually that seed grew and it, it, it you know he asked me one day can I be baptized because he came across the word baptism too so they would ask me and we are like okay let's go so these are the pictures that I was baptizing them which police like watching me? So we, I, I did like five. So next three were like totally undercover. <laughs> I had to go early in the mornings, and it was like winter season. I come from India. They have like snow in the early season. Like, and I'm like, that was my first time I ever saw snow in my life when I came to China. So I was like, dude, let's do this for God. We, maybe we, you know, we're not under the police. You know? So I got my friends, and we were like, you know, on, on the ocean. And I felt, man, the, the wind was like eating my legs. It was it's eating my flesh. You know, I can feel inside my bones. Like, okay, are we doing the baptism? Yeah, let's go. We went to that um, the ocean and the, and the beach. And we did that of baptizing the Father, the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And it's like, yeah. And then we didn't feel cold after that. It was funny, but it was only the thing that we had to go, you know, inside. So 
there was a weird part uh, of my life, but God used me, and then I made sure nobody questioned me that I was preaching in China because I got the last warning in the first time, right? <laughs> last warning for the first time. That's it. So I was like praying God, Lord, please, if I get detained in China, all my money, all my degree, my studies are all wasted, so just protect me. That's it. And uh, Psalms 91 is the chapter that always protected me every single time. I used to say that before my exams, before my tests. I used to read that even before I preach because it says such a protection. You know, you are under the Almighty. So uh, that really helped me. And uh, I used to meditate on these uh, Proverbs too because it's for uh, young, young people. But actually, the Bible began to speak to me because all these verses are, are the things that I meditate. So one day, I was sleeping till 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock in the morning. And then all of a sudden, I hear the word, How long will thou sleep, O sluggard? And I'm like, what? What is the voice? But that's actually the verse that I have been meditating. So eventually, it shaped my inner being, my inner core, you know, to get more closer to God. Are you, get, are you guys still with me? Yeah. Thank you. So I, I, I'm almost done with my China. Nobody ever got. You can see this. Finally, a doctor here graduating. So this is, this is the year that I graduated from my med school. Uh, but the pastor was like, dude, come back again. Don't worry about the exam. And I'm like, oh, really, pastor? Because I had to go and write the exam. They're like, no, no, don't worry about it. And I'm sure I did my best, but uh, I was like, oh, no, tomorrow is my exam. I was in China. I was like, oh, pastor, I came here, you know. I was at the church in Miami. I don't know if I'm going to pass. But I got, you know, very good score. I was, you know, I was like, yeah, that's the obedience, you know, listening to, to the pastor. And uh, this was me praying in China once I'm done with graduating. And... Uh, so when I'm done with my studies in China, I had applied for uh, electives uh, in Florida International University, FIU. So that's, that's the reason I came to Miami. So I was in Miami. I was expecting that I can go uh, do a couple of uh, two uh, months of rotation. Because when I have the rotation certificate, I'll be like a, a doctor, you know, like a cool doctor that did the observership in America. And I'm like, okay, let's do that. You know, so I was like, I was expecting I can work here because uh, people told me as a student, I can do a part-time job in America. So I was like, okay, I can do that too as an intern, in, internship and also I can work. So I came to Miami all the way from China. <laughs> <laughs> I came to Miami. I was, I was in Miami. And, and uh, my dad said, okay, uh, uh, I have uh, a very old friend that you can go and stay for some time. And then once you get the confirmation in the FIU, you know, continue there with your part-time job or whatever you fix that for yourself. And I'm like, okay, I got this. So I was in Miami. So uh, I was at my uh, father's friend's house. 
um, I went to the university. They gave me a ride. And then I asked them, yeah, I, uh, I'm a medical student from China. One of my seniors studied uh, in my same university. Can I get into this uh, electives program? And then the lady at the university, FIU, she's like, what? Yeah, is this FIU? Yes, I said, yeah, everything is okay. And why cannot I get into the FIU, the, the program? And she's like, dude, you have to apply the program, you know, earlier, three months ahead before. You cannot just come and apply and you say, you know, I want to get into certain, you know. That doesn't work. And I'm like, what? What am I going to do in Miami? How? And I was so sad and I was like, this is not happening because it's not easy to fly all the way to here. I don't know what to tell to my dad. Indian dads are hard, man. I, my, my decision to be a doctor is just to respect him. So if I, tell, if I tell him that they're not taking me in, all right, stay there. You know, so I was so frustrated and I was like thinking it was like a whole week. I came to Miami on Monday. The whole week was the process. I'm like, they, they didn't let me in the university. And uh, the, finally the Sunday comes. I was so interested, like, okay, let's do it. I'm going to go to church because, um, ne- next slide, please. Next slide, please. Oh, yeah. So, uh, no. Before. Thank you. So, I want to do the electives in FAU, and uh, I know Diana uh, Sancho from our church. Uh, if anybody of you guys know her, you know her, right? Yeah, she, she's with the Lord recently. So, she's been my friend for six years on my Facebook. We never talked. I don't know how she became my friend. Probably, I was like, ad friend, ad friend, ad friend, you know, <laughs> I was doing that. But she's my friend. Uh, on my Facebook, and then I said, hey, uh, I'm in Miami. I see that you're in Miami too. Can I go to a church somewhere? And, and, and she never responded to me. Um, and then uh, I sent a friend request to uh, uh, her husband, uh, Juan, Juan Sancho, and I asked him, dude, uh, it's, it's going to be like Sunday, like in two days, can I go to church? And he said, yeah, you can go to church. Um, so I'm going to send my friend uh, that he can take you to uh, to the church, he's, uh, and I said, "Okay, I'm so excited because my uh, my bank account was not working. My bank card was not working to book an Uber or something, you know. So I was excited. I was waiting for my friend that can pick me up, and uh, I have another church address which is Elevate Miami. Uh, so that friend never showed up. So one is gone." And it was on Sunday, my Hindu friends, everybody were out. They were doing some uh, Hindu, I can't believe, you know, <laughs> they go out at a weird times. India is funny, you know, you get a marriage at 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what? You see all these drums, you know, banging on the streets, and I'm like, what's happening? It's a marriage. A marriage? A wedding? What time? 4 o'clock? 3.30 a.m.? Oh, that's a good time? So they went early in the morning, about 5 o'clock, to the temple to do some rituals. So I was alone on, on Sunday. I was expecting this, this guy to pick me up. And then he never showed up. And uh, I have uh, elevated church address, so I tried to uh, go to 
go to this church and I put uh, elevate address. I know it's not going to work because my, my bank account is not working. So I said, oh, man, that friend not came. And today is Sunday. It's already 1030. I know the Americans are like they can finish their church by 10 o'clock. So I was so upset, you know. Um, I was like, I don't know what to do. I, was, I just gave a chance to Jesus, you know. Philippians chapter 2 says that he gave his a name that is above every name. So what I did was, Lord, Jesus, please help me now. Because I was so, I was depressed. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> and my phone says, all right, Jesus is waiting for you. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> did I say? My phone just said Jesus is waiting for me. Because the Uber app, I didn't know that driver's name was Jesus. <laughs> and I didn't know that. I was like, Jesus is waiting for me, man. I, you know, I got the prayer answered and I went to the, on the road and I was like, yeah, I can see Jesus with, the, with that wig, you know, you know. It's going to be on the robes, white robes. And I'm like, yeah, this is so fun. And I was waiting for him. And the Jesus stops the car and he asked me, are you Alex? And I'm like, yeah. And then I got into the car and he's like, uh, hablo espanol. And I'm like, what? And because Jesus can't speak English. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and, I got, and I have to, you know, dude. And he's like, oh, I've been, you know, last night too much. <laughs> Okay, you know where I have to go? And he's like, yeah, I got that, you know. And then he took somewhere. It was like a big ride all over. I don't know if Jesus was, you know, wanting me to, to see the city. It's like I covered all over, you know. And uh, I said, thank you, Jesus. And it's like, oh, adios, you know, bye. And then uh, I got into the, I mean, look at this. So I had, I had to never pay for that prize. For that trip. It was free. I don't know how it worked. It was totally free. <laughs> because Jesus answered it. Jesus said, okay, you're getting a ride. Boom, boom. You know? <laughs> and he got into this church. So ever since after that, I was like, um, thank you, Jesus, for that free ride. So I was looking. Um, so I had to go back to India when I went to there. Uh, they actually blocked my bank account because uh, I had to use a, a card with chip. So that's the reason my bank account was not working. But look at that. It works, man, with Jesus. Everything. <laughs> Jesus gives you a ride. Next slide, please. So the first time, you know, I saw these, uh, the lights, I was like, no, probably this is not the church. So I was, <laughs> I was looking at that, the building. It's actually a school. So I was like, oh, probably that might be the church. And then I, the first guy I met was Elliot. Yeah, so... Yeah, he said, hey, yeah, like, welcome. And I'm like, okay, good. And then uh, by the time I was here, the first service was over. <sighs> Jesus, you know, like, I came here for the church and it's finished. <laughs> Fine. So, I wanna, uh, you know, the pastor saw me and he said, okay, we were there at that time. And then he said, okay, 
repeat these words after me. I mean, I was actually thinking about religion and all of that stuff. That is the topic that he was speaking on that day. I was like, wow, this is so cool. I mean, he ended up with that. So we, we went there, and then he said, okay, let's, can you say this prayer, Alex, with me? And I said, yeah, sure. And then as he was saying those words, I could not repeat some of the words. I felt like such a strong weight upon my chest. I was like, Lord, Pastor, I hear every word that you say, but I can't speak. It's like, don't worry, Alex. I'm not leaving you, but you have to say those words. So that's the first time I felt the deliverance in my life. And I was like, man, this is so free. And he said, I repented uh, of the things that I did. And then um, once I'm done with the, with the words, and he said, okay, you can lift up your hands now. You know, I was like, oh, yeah, I feel so free. And he said, go, uh, go to Hank and uh, Hein. They're going to give you a prophetic word. I said, what? They're going to give a prophetic word. So I was here, and then uh, Hank starts praying over me. You remember Hank? So Hank starts praying over me and he says, Okay, Alex, I see you listening to the audio Bible. Uh, does that mean anything to you? I was like, What? Did you just say I was listening to the audio Bible? That's one of the things I did when I was meditating the Bibles in, in, in China. And another thing was, my dad in India, he actually buys these audio Bibles. And gives to those people that cannot read or write. That I mean, he was so spot on. I was like, "Oh man, how do you know? Did you get? Do you have a camera or something watching me or my dad?" And it's like, "No, does that mean anything to you?" I said, "Yeah, it means a lot to me. I do that, and also my dad does that. We are so connected." And Hein, he gives me a prophetic word, belt of truth, and I'm like, "Yeah." Whatever that Satan tries to do over me is just a lie. He can say, no, you're not going to church. But the truth is what? You are going to church. Amen. Hallelujah. So I was on the church. I was like, wow, this is so cool. The truth is I can do anything in Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ who strengthens me. So I was like, oh man, this is so cool. You know, the prophetic word. It's so fun. How can these guys know all of that stuff? You know, and uh, I'm, te- I'm talking too much? Sorry. <laughs> so I went to, uh, so, so Hein gives me his number. Dude, okay, if you need anything, you know, you're in the church, just let me know. And um uh, so I went back to Dorel with the, I mean, actually Hank gave me the ride to go back to the house that I was living at, the Hindu's house. So I got a call from uh, Hein. Uh, so, dude, are you ready? You know, do you want to, you know, stay or, you know, hang out? I was like, okay, cool. So I know it's it's it's, it's totally weird. We we met just just on Sunday, and uh, Hein felt, you know, through, through the Holy Spirit that. This guy needs a place to live. So I was like, how does, you know, I know that? And then I said, okay, I'm ready to come. And uh, he said, okay, I'm coming to Durrell, and I'm going to take you. So we, I was in the truck, and he, he tells me, guess what? I didn't tell this thing to Rika. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no. So are we in a trouble now? <laughs> I don't know. 
this is a big step. You're taking Indian, you know, with the bags and, you know, into the, into the house. And then he calls when we were driving in the truck. And, and guess what Rika says? I felt Alex needs a room too when I was at the church. But I didn't tell you. So it's, it's connecting. And uh, I'm, so gr- I'm, I'm so thankful they've been. They're, 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 they're like my parents ever, ever after that. So <laughs> thank you, uh, Enrica. They, I mean, I was so blessed because I had to listen to a lot of these prophetic stories, man, that shaped my mind. In, instead of uh, my mind saying, no, that's not true. They need a drug or something. But it says, it's something so cool. Um, next slide, please. So, coming to my, that's how I came to Elevate Church, and it slowly connected all of us, my dad's ministry, and everything. You can see my dad, his, uh, his initial plan was to, uh, to start a church planting uh, mission, right? And uh, he did that, he, uh, he organized 55 churches in India, and then he wants to go with that church planting. His vision was to plant churches and the pastors, but eventually... Um, he had to take, you know, you see, this is my dad. My dad surrounding the, all the uh, pastors. And uh, my dad can go to the untouchable areas in ease. He can just walk, you know. He goes, and I've seen a lot of stuff in him. So I was like, man, this is a great service uh, that he's doing. Uh, so these are the orphans that we are taking care of. Um, these are these are the sewing machines, and uh, the preacher the preaching here, and then basically the orphanage was started with, by my grandparents because my grandparents had uh, ten children, so it's like a family, it's like a, a soccer team or something. So, <laughs> did I say that? I'm sorry. So when everybody got married, so they have to leave. So my grandparents, they started looking after these little children. So that's how it started. And initially it grew bigger and bigger. And then we have uh, now, present now, we have more than 100 children that, you know, they, uh, they come into our orphanages. But my dad's vision was to plant, you know, to go for the mission, you know, plant, planting churches. But he had to take this burden that he, that he did not start. But we still think it's an opportunity for all of us, you know, to... Uh, to plant a seed. Next slide, next slide, please. So these are the pastors. So when I was in India, uh, I, I went to the, the church and I said, everybody can prophesy. And I, I, was in the, I was in the spirit. And I was like, the pastor was looking at me like, did you say what? I said, everybody can prophesy. Even the children can prophesy. I've learned that thing in, in, our, in my church. This is so cool. God is so real. And they're like, no, no, no. We are the one that prophesy. They're like, no, no, no. You know, it's, it's like they have this rule, like, like uh, the pastors are only the thing that they can do any supernatural stuff. How can you say that? I'm like, Bible says that. I'm not saying that. Bible says that. You know, so pastor, uh, you know, Pastor Kevin, we actually take an initiative uh, for these pastors to disciple them, you know, to know them, the greatness of the servitude. And then we have uh, an ongoing uh, uh, this uh, discipleship program happening in India now. So whatever the teachings that is, uh, Pastor Kevin is doing is being translated. I'm translating the stuff. So I translate it and then give them to the pastor. So they have the same, the, the prophetic uh, teaching 
that is happening in India. Hallelujah. Amen. So now, so yeah, I'm excited. I'm really excited because their way of thinking is totally changing now. And now my dad's vision is connected with the pastor's, uh, Pastor Kevin's vision because he wants to have the same church planting mission. Guess what? My dad and my pastor. So they have the same vision. And now they are trying to glorify God. They're trying to finish the mission that they have for God. And I was so blessed. I'm like, oh no, this is so cool. You know, <laughs> they, they have this pastoral thing going on. They have this, you know. So that's why uh, for this uh, Christmas uh, gift, the gift uh, everybody give, we really thank you so much because we are not only helping uh, the children, we are also giving the, the gifts for pastors as well. So thank you for being a helping hand for all of that. So next slide, please. Yeah, look at this. Uh, we had a great flood in India. And look at my dad. I was thinking, where, where are the safe jackets and nothing? Dude, you just stepped in the boat and you're like ready to go because... There was a lot of wind. And you guys just, you know, wear the t-shirts and you walk in the boat. And what about something goes wrong? They're like, no, let's go. So we were on the boat. And then look at my dad. He, uh, he's walking uh, through those uh, uh, areas where there was flooded. And one of our orphanages was affected too. So we had to go through that route. And there were a lot of thorns. And I was like, why does my dad have to do all of this stuff? But... I was following him too, and after the, at the end of the day, I was like, man, I felt so blessed. I was like, this is called a ministry. You're going out to the corners of the world and reaching the lost. Hallelujah. Thank you. So this is a Hindu woman. This is a Hindu woman. I was watching, and I was like, uh, so my dad said, okay, uh, I, I want to buy you clothes for a... Uh, for, uh, for an orphan. Just like, okay, what orphan? And he, and he said, uh, we have uh, orphans, so I want to buy a couple of clothes. Just like, why do you have to take care of all of those orphans? My, my dad was like, yeah, because that's, that's what God told us to do. Just like, who, like, did God tell you to love these children? My dad is like, yeah. And he, and he loves you too. And the woman was like, he loves me? <laughs> so we slowly... Uh, you know, got into the conversation, and then uh, I was watching that finally the, the Hindu woman, she's like, okay, please pray for me too. And then my dad was laying the hands. It was so cool. It's so funny. So uh, even now, um, my dad, the, the police call sometimes, and he tells, you know, the police tells the, my dad that they have these children they found. Can you see these children? They are so, I mean, neglected children, like orphans. So where we are trying to shape their world into the identity of Christ. So they get all these calls. My dad, he's like, yeah, we, we are, you know, we still can do. We can still plant a seed on all these children. So if you have time, please uh, pray for, uh, for the ministry that he's doing. And uh, we have a $1 a day program. Um, it, it can help the children uh, to provide. Uh, next slide, please. Provide a healthy food, uh, education for all the children, and the love of Jesus, and, uh, and all these significant changes transforming their lives. So we, all, we actually have uh, uh, sponsors from our church, which is such a great blessing. 
uh, that they're doing a wonderful life, uh, changing, life-changing stuff. So they get a personal message from the child to the sponsor. It's like, if you sponsor a child, it's like the child is responding you back. It's like, hey, hello, thanks for sponsoring our, you know, saying the video greetings. So you, you will have a great blessing and feeling that you're changing a person's life. So if you have time, we have that calendar. You can see uh, the sponsorship uh, program papers we have. So please do visit um, the counter. Um, $1 a day program. We can do it yearly or monthly. Next slide, please. So, yeah, as the Bible says, defend the orphan and plead for the widow. So please pray for those children because that was not my dad's intention to take care of all of those. But he cannot just leave them on the, on the streets. So uh, we are praying for, uh, for the sponsors that way uh, because pastor was uh, talking to me too about that. He said transition happens only with the churches, with the, with the pastors. We have to change the community. He was explaining me the vision he saw for India. So he saw this light shining like a sun, just like that. It's, it's shining from the, from the town that I was in. He, he prophetically saw this vision. It's slowly developing into the north and south part of India. And I was like, wow, that is so cool vision. But it can only happen with the pastors. So the burden that my dad has is now... Now, with the children, so now if we do that, uh, continue to support those children, we can uh, focus more also on the pastors, which are going to, you know, life-changing stuff in India. So next slide, please. Uh, so we are reaching out the, the communities in India. So we, we, we named a church in India, Elevate Tanali India. So, yeah. So it's connecting. It's, it's, it's just connected. That Jesus gave me a ride, and he gave me the parents here. It's so it's, it's, it's connecting all over. You know, reaching the people. We're not going to say, and go to the Hindus and say, you're going to hell because you're not believing in Jesus. That's gone. We're not doing that. We are learning the teaching from a pastor and giving them a prophetic word. How about I see you have a back issue. Can I pray for that? You know, something like that, like transforming uh, teachings that we are doing in India. So please do uh, pray uh, for that. So that's what I, I've learned in this church. I always had a feeling that God is somewhere beyond the skies, somewhere above seven skies. But he's just here, man. He's just here. So close. You know, I used to think that during, during the rain... You know, God was taking a bath somewhere about the skies. That was my perception. But now the church taught me, no, he's just away from the spoken word. Pastor Kevin does that. Holy Spirit. What I have to do with that? Yes or no? You get the right answer right away. And uh, a very small testimony about, uh, about my friend in Texas. Um, I was telling the same thing. Uh, Jenny, her name is Jenny. I said, Jenny, you know that you're feeling all of these troubles, but did you know that God is just in front of you? He's always surrounding and wants to help you. And she's like, oh, yeah? And I said, yeah. And I was praying for her, and I said, I feel like God is telling you, 
that he adores you, he loves you, and uh, Jesus is like your, you know, Jesus, I feel like Jesus is your, you know, father. And she's like, okay, I received that word. And then she texts me back and she says, oh, wait down, Alex. I, I believe Jesus is not the father. He's like my brother. And I'm like, oh, yeah. And I said, okay, I don't want to debate, but I asked the Holy Spirit to give a word to you. Uh, and, she, and she's like, okay. And then uh, she comes back and she checks me. Uh, she said, Alex, I'm so sorry. And I said, why? Because when you said that word... I went back and I came. Uh, I went back to my house and I opened my Bible. The first thing that I saw was, it says, "Jesus is our everlasting Father." He's, he's like, I mean, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, that's so cool." I know, right? Jesus is just a spoken word away. I know Jesus is still alive, and that's what I'm learning in this church, and that's what we are trying to do um, in India too. So please pray for that. Next slide. Um, yeah, this is my dad. So he says hello to all of you. Look at me. I'm not supposed to, you know, grow my beard. And I have to wear uh, golden glasses. Make sure that I look. But here I have freedom. You know, I can grow my beard. I <laughs> so, so he says thanks to you all. Thanks for uh, helping uh, the pastors and uh, um, for, transform, for transforming their lives through love of Christ. So we really love you. There are a lot of people from India, pastors and children, praying for you every single day. So we just want to thank you. And uh, thanks for the for Pastor Kevin and uh, Sherry and um, for this uh, opportunity. And before I close, um, if you, if you want to get part, partner with us, you can go uh, help the orphans. There we have the papers. So let me pray. Uh, Lord, thank you for this time, wonderful time that you have given us, Lord. Uh, knowing more about you, the wonderful things that you do in our lives. Help us to uh, grow our more intimacy with you, Lord. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk and glorify you, Lord. As we go out with, from this place, we would go with a prophetic word, with a song, with an anointing in our hearts. And uh, that we may glorify you for the kingdom to come. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So the Lord bless you and keep you. And Lord make his face shine down upon you. And be gracious to you. And turn his face towards you and give you peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we have, uh, we have prayer team available. So standing there. So if you need any prayers, go there. And you guys have a blessed Sunday. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.